You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. It's your boy, Steve, once again, for Cyber Time Bite, episode 35. <laughs> man, 35 episodes, man. This is the best thing ever. I love it. 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 <laughs> and uh, and today, I have a guest on my show who is really, really cool. This guy is super awesome. I met him on Twitter because because he's such a nostalgic freak as I am. We have some. We have some. We have a lot of things in common. That's just which is pretty cool. Today, I'm with Rayon, also known as NBA Jam, the book on Twitter. Oh yeah, man! Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. I mean, so so I guess the first question I gotta ask is is um, since your account's called NBA Jam, the book is mm-hmm. is. Is it real or is the book it real? It is real. Yes, it's real. It's both real and not real. It's real in the way that it hasn't happened yet. It's real in the way that it's 100% happening. It's real in the way that it's written and I'm working on it right now. I'm about to go work on my uh, my polishing up editing that I've got to do right after this. But no, it's absolutely happening. I started working on it in 2015. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to have it out sometime within the next few months. I've been very coy about saying anything in terms of an actual release date because I don't want to have it out there unless – this is it unless you know it's time to go so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be very coy about that but believe me this is very much happening and i've got all kinds of cool stuff to share um all kinds of great nba jam knowledge to drop um and old midway whatever you want to talk about man so thank you so much for having me here and uh no this is again yeah this is absolutely happening and i'm uh i'm i'm ready for whatever so did you explain your twitter account because there's a lot of randomness going on on that twitter account (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So my Twitter account is twitter.com slash NBA Jam book. And the whole idea with it uh, started off as just being NBA Jam alone. Like, okay, I'm going to do NBA Jam related photos. I'll talk about secret characters, all kinds of strange trivia. And then that expanded into doing more stuff about Midway. So, okay, you know, NBA Jam was made by Midway. So let's talk about Mortal Kombat, Revolution X, those classic 90s arcade games like Terminator 2. And then I'll, more recently, I've been like, boy, you know, people uh, really seem to enjoy all this old stuff I can dig up. So I was like, let me expand it to now the point where I don't have just the NBA Jam stuff and the NBA stuff, but I've got lots of cool retro game stuff that I've been sharing nowadays. So this might be one of those things where, I mean, I'm not going to do it forever. We'll see how it's going to go. But, you know, nowadays I posted or just lately I posted like, uh, you know, let's see what I posted today. This commercial for WCW NW Revenge and Nintendo 64 a uh, Banjo-Kazooie clip narrated by John Lovitz. I've got some stuff from Electric Playground. I've got all kinds of weird uh, Mortal Kombat, WrestleMania mashups. Um, and I've definitely got a lot of, the, you know, pretty much of your love games between 1990 and 2000. You will absolutely see something that you'll dig on there sooner or later, especially if it's more arcade-style stuff. So I've uh, started, but really the focus is NBA Jam, ultimately. I try to post one NBA Jam thing per day. And I've got a crazy amount of stuff on there, so yeah, you gotta feel free to dive in. And there's more stuff coming literally every day. Gee, I can't. Gee, when I go into your Twitter account, though, I can totally not. I clearly can't tell what your favorite game is. Like it's so hard. 
Some of the stuff, yeah. It's not even I'm just sharing it because it's my favorite game or whatnot, but it's more that I think, like, okay, maybe it's got some kind of tangential relation to this. Like, let's say Nintendo 64. Well, NBA Jam came out on the Nintendo 64, at least in terms of NBA Jam 99 and I think 2000, um, or maybe it was NBA Jam 98. And then sports games, I posted this Mike Tyson's Punch-Out commercial. Um, So, yeah, so my favorite games... Definitely, of course, I have a soft spot for NBA Jam, but love Mortal Kombat, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Twisted Metal. Um, you know, there's so many classic games. Love old Nintendo. My Pretty much my cutoff is about 2000. So um, there's a lot of cool stuff over there. And honestly, as I've kind of expanded it and I've started to look for weirder stuff, I found some crazy good stuff. Uh, did you see the Nintendo Counselor one I posted? The, uh, the, the Nintendo what one? The, the Nintendo Game Counselor one I posted, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Maybe. maybe. Let me, yeah, let me refresh you on it. So, yeah, so there was, I did, just found this clip on an old TV show of Nintendo Game Counselors at work in 1993. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, for Super Nintendo, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And people really gravitate toward that. So, um, no, it's cool sharing stuff like that. I mean, I'm a big fan of old games as is. So it's cool to share all this stuff. And, you know, I think that if you like that stuff, you probably like NBA Jam too. There's definitely a substantial overlap in audiences. So just wanted to try something out else out for a little bit. To um, And, of course, I'll circle back to NBA Jam, and it'll all be NBA Jam, or mostly NBA Jam by the time the book releases out. But, yeah, playing around with stuff. So, um, so like, what's your thoughts on the arcade one-up machines? I'm actually really excited about them. I've got one in my basement right now, the Street Fighter 2 one, and I haven't played it a ton. I haven't had an opportunity to play over the last couple of months as much as I'd like to. But, yeah, set it up, and it's beautiful. Um, the thing about having an NBA Jam arcade game is that it's such a novelty in the first place. Like, wow, having one in your house, that is super exciting that Arcade 1-Up is allowing people to have that. So just, just the experience alone, I think, is absolutely going to make it worth it. Plus, the quality of the machines has been pretty good from what I can tell so far. Um, so, and I've, I'm really digging my Street Fighter 2 one. Definitely want to get NBA Jam at some point as well. So, NBA Jam, um, you own it. No, you, you don't own it. Do you own it? I do not own it. No, no, no. I wish I owned it. God, are you kidding me? If I owned it, I'd probably be spending most of my time on that than on Twitter. Yeah, because um, do you hear that RK 1UP is making an NBA Jam cabinet? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that uh, it's super exciting that NBA Jam's getting an arcade release in the first place. I mean, I didn't think that was really going to happen. I thought you'd always have to get a dedicated cabinet or some kind of conversion in order to have one. Um, no, I'm super excited about it. I've got a Street Fighter II cabinet, and I'm definitely going to uh, try to pick up the NBA Jam one, too. I mean, just to have that is super exciting. We'll see what it actually looks like and what kind of teams are on there, but just having it in the first place is crazy. So on... Um... So we were talking before we went on the air about about also our love for wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how much we love it. I mean, how much of a dedicated fan are you? I mean. Honestly, I have lost touch with wrestling to some degree over the last few years. I used to really love WWE. And I felt like a lot of it, it feels like I know what's coming next. I know what's coming next. Um, so I tune in for the pay-per-views nowadays. But I'd say like 90s WWE is my bomb. Um, I mean, that's my jam. I really love that stuff. It is the bomb. Um, and then also, I really love, like, let's say, like, the CM Punk era. Like, let's say 2008, 9, 10, well, no, not 8 or 9, but let's say let's like, 10 or 11 up until about 5 or 6. That's really when I was paying attention. 
because um, I start I started watching in two thousand nine, but I'm a, but I've been a dedicated fan since I started watching in two thousand nine. So I mean, like I also own the network too. So like you know, I watch all the old stuff. I watch WCW well as well because I love WCW. <laughs> yeah, who's your favorite wrestler? Who are you into? You know, from WCW. From anywhere. Oh, from anywhere. Oh boy, this is hard. I also love ECW too. Just in just just FYI. Um, but uh, God. Let's, let's let's say Mount Rushmore, top four. Mount <laughs> Rushmore, oh my god! L- l- let me give you mine while you're while you're thinking, because I've thought about this before. All right. Yeah. So now, granted, like maybe one of these spots I'll want to swap out, but love classic Shawn Michaels. Love me some Shawn Michaels, especially '90s Shawn Michaels. Love Chris Jericho, especially early uh, Chris Jericho when he's in WCW, who's really funny. I put Bret Hart up there too, at least personally. So both Bret and Sean, and then the fourth spot would be either maybe let's say El Generico when he was in Ring of Honor, or maybe Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall. I always had a soft spot for him. Um, I'd say those those are just the key overarching ones, though. But I mean, there's tons of other guys I love, but those are probably the biggest ones. What about you? I don't know if I can do a Mount Rushmore, but I can I can list off a lot of my favorites. Um, yeah. Who I, got you into wrestling? What's that? Who got you into wrestling? As in, what wrestler? What was it? A feud? Like, why'd you pick it up? Oh, I got into it because, um, I well because well because it was like maybe it was because of all like the shows I watched that had wrestling influences in them, and I and I knew like like Ultimate Muscle and. Mm-hmm and references to wrestling and shows that I watched and all that stuff that, that I, um, that I decided to look into it a little bit more. Cause I, cause I was a freshman in high school by the time, by when I was watching like a, in 2009. So, so I, um, I used to peek, peek in and peek out of wrestling because at, back in 2009, before I started watching, my mom wasn't really approving of me watching wrestling at first. But mm-hmm. so when my mom used to be out of the room, I used to switch to the wrestling channel, watch it. And then when my mom entered the room, changed the channel. And I used to do that like for like a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks and all that. And then when, then one week my mom was just like, screw it. My mom was just like, okay, fine. You can watch it. And I was like, okay, sweet. It's a, <laughs> yeah. It's so on the my, chain. Yeah. So my mom let me, um, let me watch it. And so I, uh, so I uh, I just started like watching it every single week, and I just I just it just drove me in. And it was just like it was such a it was such a great experience that I that I I, I loved it, and I dedicate every and I dedicate um a lot. To, I not dedicate a lot to it, I but I guess I do because I have a lot of wrestling merchandise now ever since I started watching. <laughs> yeah. Who who? Okay. Now who's your guy? Come on, like give me give me a few of them. Okay, so if we're talking legends, the top. Let's talk, we're talking, yeah. Let's say who, who, like, let's say, yeah, dream your dream card, the dream Stephen card. Okay, so the my top legend ever is Mister Perfect. He's the man. <laughs> He's that's a great choice. Um, under him is Mick Foley. Um, I love Mick Foley too. I totally forgot about him when I was coming up with my own list, man. Actually, he might be, go up there instead of uh, El Generico or Razor Ramon. Yeah, because uh, I, I like all of his faces. Uh, do love yeah. Cactus Jack and uh, Mankind. Love them all. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I, I love. I like Sting. I uh, 
I like uh, I like Hogan. I like uh, I I, I kind of like Buff Bagwell too. I mean, he's not like a Buff guy. Bagwell. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard anybody shout up Buff Bagwell. You got you totally get points for that. I mean, like he he was pretty good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, vicious and delicious, baby. That's what it's all about. Him and Scott uh, Scott Norton. I mean, like I, every anyone who who was in the NWO was pretty good. Um, the the original the original. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! You gotta you got you gotta put some qualifiers on that because the NWO. Like I, I'm pretty sure I'm in the NWO right now. Maybe you are too. Like everybody was in the NWO by the end. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, like I mean, I do own the NWO T-shirt. <laughs> You're for life. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I saw you on an episode of Nitro. Oh yeah, I was totally on episode of Nitro. I was like, yeah, I, I was like, I was like, yeah, man, Nitro. Yeah, you, were, you were way back in the posse. You know how they used to come out of those stretch limos? You were right there at the back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they cut the camera away before they got to catch your face. Yeah, <laughs> that no, dude, that no, but seriously, no, that'd be so freaking funny if I was actually end up, I was actually in the NWO and I was on Nitro. <laughs> that would be amazing. That that would be pretty cool. I um, I love Nitro though. Nitro is um is a, was an amazing Monday night program. If it was still on today, I'd be flipping between Raw and Nitro like everyone else was. Absolutely, yeah. And I really think that competition really did help WWE a big time in the way that like it was much more interesting and compelling. I mean, I will always have a soft spot for WWE, and I will always love WWE to a degree. But, I mean, I feel like it's really kind of rote in that way. Like, they haven't really changed up the set design too much or the feel of the show. Or, you know, it's totally been the same thing for about 10 years now. So, the 10 years since I, I really started getting back into it. So, I haven't been super into it nowadays. But, actually, you know what? I've got to mention, just as a, as a sidebar, but one time I did get to interview Mick Foley. And I called up his house and he said, Mick speaking, or Mick here. And I just about flipped out. I've got to tell you that. Wait, how did that happen? I gotta know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before I started working on this NBA Jam book, I was a freelance writer. So I did lots and lots of stuff. Um, did lots of wrestler interviews, uh, lots of musician interviews, some pop culture stuff. So this was really what uh, I was doing professionally before this. So on the wrestling side, I've spoken to Daniel Bryan, Dean Ambrose, Ryback, Heath Slater, um, Fandango. I did a whole thing about him. Um, I talked to the, one of the WWE catering people, which was actually pretty fun. And then for another story, I talked to Mick Foley, and I called him up at his house once for one of his um, one-man shows he was doing, mm-hmm. and he was um, he was pretty cool. So, so wait a minute, you were able to you you actually got you actually got to use a mic or or whatever you were using, and got actually get go up to them and actually interview them like one on one. This is all over the phone. This this was all for newspaper articles. It was always over the phone, but no, I've spoken to a ton of them. Um, And yeah, if you Google my name, Rihanna Lee, R-E-Y-A-N, last name A-L-I, and then throw in WWE, you'll find like Daniel Bryan stuff. You'll find the catering one I did, which was really fun. Actually, one of the coolest things I did was I talked to uh, Jim Johnston, who did all the themes. So, um, you know, he did Stone Cold's theme, The Rock, all the classic themes. I talked to him several years ago. I talked to um, a gentleman who did all the video packages also. Um, so, you know, how they make those hype packages, I did a whole thing about him, and he was pretty interesting too. 
Did uh, did you tell him like they should? Did you tell the guy who made the video packages that they should give him a raise because they're so freaking good? <laughs> I I mean everybody knows that, and he's he's very humble about it. He's like, yeah, no, no, it's it's cool doing it. And then I think actually Shawn Michaels gave him a shout out the day after uh, uh, he retired, or the day after the Undertaker beat him. Yeah, and um, yeah, this guy was was super cool, and he also uh, he told me something really funny, which was that when he signed up for the job, it was with Titan Sports which was the WWE's name at that time. And he thought that it was going to be an actual sports position. Like he was expecting that it was like WWE, it was like MLB. He'd just come from MLB, I think. So he thought it was like a real sports division. And then he saw wrestling. He's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll try it. And then lo and behold, he's been there for, I think, 25 years, something like that. If he's still there, 20, 25 years, he's got a crazy story. Man, that's crazy, man. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I got to send you a link to it. It's actually a pretty fun read. Um, no, I get to learn about his process and why they do what they do in terms of that. So, no, WWE's been kind to me. I mean, like, are are you like under? Are you actually under a contract with the with the company? Actually, oh, oh, no, 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 not at all. This is all freelance stuff. So basically, what I would do is I'd come up with an idea for a story, pitch it, and then when I got the story approved by the publication, I reached out to WWE. Most of the time, I got it. There's only ever a handful of interviews that I asked for that I couldn't get. But, yeah, I got some WWE people. I had Daniel Bryan twice. I had uh, David Ortunga, I think. Ortunga? Otunga. David Ortunga once. Um, I've had a handful of other people. So, no, it was all for the actual freelance publications that I did stuff for. But I talked to a lot of people. That That's a, that's a really, that's a really, really uh, cool, you know? I mean, like, I... I, I... <laughs> You're doing a lot of things. I you, you had a lot of people, a lot of guests that I wish I had here on the time bite. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know the key thing is that if you just go up to them as is, they probably won't do it. But you go up there with the credibility of a newspaper, or there's a reason to talk to them. You know, you might get them, and then sometimes you're surprised. I mean, I've I've done thousands of interviews, and it's just a matter of asking. And of course, maybe you won't get it, but maybe maybe you will. And if you do, um, you know, it could turn into a great story. Yeah, because because um, because Mick Foley and Dean are two people I would love to have on this show one of these days because those those guys are are like my boys and my yeah. and my and my other boy Johnny Gargano literally was in the Rumble last night and my yeah yeah and, and my and Dean my 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 boy and literally my other boys I was like what this is crazy <laughs> all the boys all the different boys. Like, like I, like I couldn't, like I couldn't, I couldn't, like I couldn't handle it. It was like I never, like what? Yeah, I um, I just, I just uh, DM'd you this uh, this link uh, on Twitter. The the real king of pro wrestling for Wired. That's the story about um, Adam Panucci, who does the video packages. So if anybody out there is listening, you want to read something really interesting about WWE, look up the real king of pro wrestling WWE uh, Wired. And it's a it's a really interesting profile of him. Of course, I'm biased because I wrote it, but I think it's actually his story itself is just pretty crazy. I mean, the thing is, if you find a good subject and writes the story, the story writes itself. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like when it when it comes when it um when it comes down to writing a good story, man. I mean, like I should know firsthand because I wrote like a whole fan fiction and in the middle of writing of some other fan fictions, which are kind of low on the shelf right now because I haven't really got too far in them, but. I should know how it is the right sort of. Yeah, no, I mean the big thing is, of course, you know, if you start a project, is finishing it, 
And then um, this book has been like one of those things where it's like, boy, I thought it was going to take me like a year. Then I thought it was going to take me two years. And now I'm up to like almost four years. But thank God I'm almost done. It's like going to college and graduating. I've also got it on top of a full-time job and all kinds of life stuff too. So it's definitely, I'm super busy. Um, so, so like, are, so like you're, you're in college right now too? No, 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 no. I'm not in college. I said it's, it feels like it's, it's college cause it's, I'm coming up on four years of this, but I'm just about to graduate from this book writing process, but no, no, no. I'm a, I'm a grown ass man working a day job. Hey, no, no, bust up the master man. There you go. Like, like, oh yeah. Rendition. Like, like, wait, like, time, like, time for, time for, for Rayon to graduate from his book writing process. Yeah. Yes, yes. When that day happens, you, I mean, you blast that. You blast everything. You blast the Mister Perfect theme. You can, you can blast anything you want. You can blast the Oddities ICP theme. In celebration of that. Have at it, all right? Let's listen to the Scott Steiner uh, siren, you know, the Cesaro siren. Bump it all. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, let's, I, I want to wrap about NBA Jam, man. Let's talk about video games. Are you in NBA Jam? I, um, I, no, I don't, no, about NBA Jam. There was actually an NBA Jam made for the N64. There was. There was. It wasn't particularly good. It was by acclaim who got the rights to NBA Jam after Midway, but they made at least a couple of them. Uh, NBA Jam 99, I think, with Chris Webber on the cover is the one I'm thinking of, but they definitely made another one, too. So, yeah, there was a couple of NBA Jam games on the N64. There's one on Xbox, one on maybe on PS2. So they've been a surprising amount of games, aside from even the you know the famous ones in the 90s, the iconic ones, or in the early 90s, rather. So who owns NBA Jam now, since now claims under went under? Yeah, so Midway went under, Acclaim went under. Uh, the NBA owns the NBA Jam name. So when they signed the original contract with Midway, it was under the stipulations that they would always own the name because it was an offshoot of their uh, NBA Jam Session event. And the NBA Jam Session is like this all-star weekend thing. So um, they had that, and then they said, okay, well, you know, we want to, you know, if Midway's going to work on this game, use this brand. NBA Jam Session turned into NBA Jam. Um, so, uh, now uh, the NBA owns it video game wise, rights wise. EA, I think still, they hold the keys at least through this year. Um, at that point, then I think that it's anybody's game, but the NBA, of course, will always have that license. Yeah. Because, because I, I haven't played NBA jam in, I think I played it once. Yeah. Yeah. I played it once because I, um, I put. Do you know how uh, when you first play the game, they ask for like your, I think your initials and your birth. Yep, exactly. The yeah. game, the game, the game was made in '93, right? It sure was. Yes. Get this. Get this. So I was born on September first, nineteen ninety-three. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so I go. So I play the game. I put my initials in there, and it tells me to put in my birth date. So I put, you know, I put my birthday nine one ninety-three. So the game probably thinks I'm a baby. <laughs> that's a good point yeah the game probably um, thinks I'm, a baby's playing it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you gotta get them started young that's what it's all about get started young when you're 25 years old <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um but, man you've so who's your team in nba jam like i said i haven't played in it forever but since i'm from chicago i'd probably beat the bulls <laughs> yeah they're classic 
And there's so many good stories about the Bulls and NBA Jam about how uh, Mark Trammell, the creator of the game, or rather the lead designer of the game, he actually rigged the game so that if you were playing the Detroit Pistons against the Chicago Bulls and you got, went down to the fourth quarter, the Pistons would start losing and the Bulls, or I'm sorry, the Pistons would start winning and the Bulls would start losing um, based on the code of the game because he was a huge Detroit fan. At that point, the Bulls were on top of the world. So he wanted to stop them from doing that. So he like made some code in the game so that the Pistons would w- beat the Bulls towards the very end. Yeah, because um, I, you probably know this, but but what but uh, Dennis Rodman and uh, I think there's another guy on the Bulls became wrestlers in WCW at one point. Yeah, yeah. So on the Bulls and the original NBA Jam is Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. Dennis Rodman was maybe in the Spurs for the first one, but he was definitely an NBA hang time on the Bulls, which was the sequel, which was Midway's sequel to it. Um, it was Carl Malone is the other guy you're thinking of. Yeah. I mean, like, did yeah. did you think that was like, do you think when they were wrestling in WCW, it was, it was like a, like, yeah, NBA jam representation in wrestling. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't imagine that's what they're thinking. They're probably thinking like, oh, we're we're doing some wrestling now, guys, and we're going to do like, you know, let's do a leapfrog and let's do a clothesline. They're probably like psyched about that, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're big NBA Jam fans. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think, I, like like you said, maybe it wasn't, maybe their their appearance in WCW wasn't an NBA Jam ad campaign, but, it, but the game was still kind of popular at that time, so probably they were... Doing it for that, on top of them, I think, being them in the playoffs at the time, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, of course, that was during the Monday Night Wars when WCW was huge. So I think just WCW being on top of the world and wrestling being, you know, number one was uh, was so important. So, so I mean, like, what, uh, what, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your NBA Jam stories? <laughs> Man, uh, what? You got to got to narrow that down a bit. I got a whole bunch of them. What kind of thing are you thinking of? Like, um, who's your team? Who's your? Uh, what's the craziest things that ever happened to you in the game? You know, man, my team has definitely got to be the, the Seattle SuperSonics or the Utah Jazz. I love those classic squads. That's Kemp and Payton. Um, that's at least in tournament edition or in the original one. You've got Stockton Malone on the Utah Jazz. Um, there's tons of great teams. I love the Pistons. Uh, with Bill Lambeer and Isaiah Thomas. I love, um, I mean, you can just go up and down the roster. The Bulls are fantastic. Um, I mean, I love the Minnesota Timberwolves. In NBA Jam, they're eh, so-so, but, I mean, they're still cool to, to play on there. I mean, you got you got tons of great teams on there. Um, personally, though, yeah, the first ones I had to say are the Sonics and the Jazz. But uh, beyond that, I mean, you've got Charles Barkley and Dan Marley on the Suns. So many good ones. But Sonics and Jazz, first and foremost. How about how about your isn't your home state in the game though? Uh, Ohio, Ohio is in the game, yeah. But when at that time when I was huge in NBA Jam, I was not a Cleveland Cavs fan. In fact, I gotta say I'm probably like the, the Cavs are cool, but my like I'm not super into basketball nowadays like as much as I used to be. But my heart was always with Seattle first and foremost. I'd say. So, I also love Minnesota. So did you always want to be like like? Did you want to go into basketball at some point, or was it just like, I love NBA Jam? So, um, yeah, here's a cool story. So, actually, I started playing the the game when I was a kid in Pakistan. So, I grew up in Pakistan. This is in uh, the the 90s, and I started playing it around 94, 95 or so, maybe 96. 
And then that got me huge into basketball. So I started to love the NBA just because of NBA Jam and how much fun the game was and how colorful the logos were. Um, and of course, as a kid, you always want to be in the NBA. But um, no, man, I just love the game. And I had a real soft spot for the NBA at that time. Um, there was so much excitement. I love the players. And I mean, I loved Midway. And that was such a big part of NBA Jam, too, is not just the basketball side, but knowing the people that made it and, you know, you can play as Mortal Kombat characters in Tournament Edition. Um, it had a mystique. Mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, I saw, I saw that one photo on your Twitter of like the, of like the, um, of like all the crazy looking faces that were in NBA Jam. <laughs> which wait, you gotta you gotta specify which, which what kind of thing are you thinking of? I'm uh, I got no. When I uh, hold on, I want to find it real quickly so I can. So I can be 100% clear on what I'm talking about here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was this the one with the eight heads that they removed? Like the the Viking, like there was like a girl with a Viking helmet on. Um, I posted that a minute back. I think, I think you like, uh, you posted it like, God, like a couple, I think it was like a week ago or something. Oh. Okay. Crazy heads. There, there have been a few crazy ones. Oh, was it uh, Bill Clinton and Al Gore? I think so. Yeah, I posted that just a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, you can play as the president and the vice president of the United States in a basketball game. I mean, and especially, you know, in 93 before the – or rather 94 when that game came out. I mean, before you've got the internet to spoil everything for you. That's crazy. I mean, like, do, do you think NBA jams would still hold up today? If, like, if you gave it to, like, a kid – like like a like a newborn or like a kid today, and you were like, "Bam, here you go, kid! NBA Jam, have fun." Do you think they would understand, or do you think like, "Wait, like what's this? What's this fossil?" I absolutely think they would get into it. NBA Jam still holds up because it's really fast, and I think you know you. The big thing I feel like what keeps a gameplay, what keeps a game like being a classic, is the gameplay. And in this case, NBA Jam like moves real fast. You've got a lot of a lot of flashy stuff. So, um, yeah. Actually, I played NBA Jam against an eight-year-old kid, or I think he was eight years old, maybe nine years old, not so long ago, and he loved the game, and he'd never played NBA Jam before. Um, so, no, you can definitely be young and love it. I've got a brother who's 12 years younger than I am. I'm 32. And, um, no, my brother loves the game also. Um, no, we got a – yeah, people from across all walks of life. And I think that's what's, what's fun about it is that you can, you can play NBA Jam – and anybody can dunk like a superstar. You don't need to know any combinations or any real codes or anything like that. So I absolutely think it holds up. And I think it would hold up if you just said, hey, you know, swap out Fortnite, swap out, you know, whatever you're playing right now and play this. I feel like maybe it'll take them five, ten minutes, but they'd get into it. I mean, like, like I've I, I mean, like I. I love, like, I love um, Midway, though. I mean, like, because, you know, like, Midway made a lot of cool stuff. I mean, they made the Rampage series. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, especially the, um, they published the, they made, the so the confu- the history of Midway is pretty crazy in the way of, like, if you see the Rampage name on an old arcade cabinet, it actually refers to a different company than the one that you associate with, like, NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat, and whatnot. But then by the mid-90s, when they made Rampage World Tour and Rampage Universal Tour, then that was the real. That was the same Midway. That's the same name. But yeah, no, Rampage is a, is another classic. Is was did Rampage Universal Tour get an arcade cab? 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I think it was only home. I don't think, at least I never saw one. Yeah, because I remember, because I'm, no, get, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not dating my, I don't think I'm dating myself or anything with this, but, um, um, so you, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie that I, I was just scrolling for your Twitter feed right now and I saw that you went to mid, you went to Midway to the headquarters one day, right? I, yes. It was wild, man. It was crazy. This is, I mean, there's nothing left over there. And I think the, the place is underneath construction right now. But just going there in 2017 was just wild because I grew up loving Midway. I have a, some pretty crazy personal Midway stories. And of course, re- researching the book and, you know, seeing all that in person was nuts. Was it, was the, was it an abandoned building when you went there? No, no. So there was a different company over there. So Midway had multiple divisions. Actually, let me backtrack. The company's called Williams Valley Midway. That's like the overarching corporate company. And Midway Games is the famous one you know that made Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they had another division that was WMS Gaming, which was slot machines. And I believe that what happened towards the end um, is that Williams Valley Midway, they shuttered everything and they sold the the gaming part, the gambling part, the slot machines, over to Scientific Games. And Scientific Games then operated that building. So there were people in that building. There wasn't anybody there there, there that day because it was a Saturday. But they were still offices in there at that point. So it was, it was very cool going back there, man. It was so weird thinking, holy shit, this is where uh, – Mortal Kombat's made, where NFL Blitz is made, or rather not necessarily NFL Blitz. I think it was nearby, but NBA Jam, all these different games. Yeah, because you know the reason why you know, the my original point was um, that my original point when I was leaning up to was that uh, I'm there's this there's this mall in Illinois near the Wisconsin border called Gurney Mills. Okay, and the mall is huge. Like I'm not even kidding. Like it's big and. And they have a and they have a place called Ringside Sports there, which is an arcade with a with an ice rink connected to it. And when I was there, like <clears throat> like a long time ago, like when I was like ten, nine years old, when I was in summer camp, we mm-hmm. took we took a field trip there, and they actually had a Rampage World Tour machine there. And, That's awesome. And the thing was huge. I mean, like, I, I mean, like, we're we're talking like the early two thousands, you know. So like, late, like it wasn't the nineties. We were just coming out of the nineties into the two thousands, and it was like it was like really wild because like I never like I've been to I've been to a few arcades when I was in summer camp, but like it's just crazy, you know, like the going to arcades today, and all you see in arcades today are really big fancy. You don't see cabinets. You see really big fancy. The games are just are like big and fancy, and are meant to look like something now. Exactly, it's a totally different world now. Back then, the point was to play the game, like play a video game. Now, the point is to get like thirty seconds or like a minute or two minutes or whatever of like you know squeeze as much entertainment out of it as you can. Very different world for me. Like the classic stuff is the arcade because then you can have some sense of competition over there and. Um, you know, with those classic games, the gameplay was just off the charts. So yeah, no, it's a totally different world, man. And I really miss that a lot. I grew up loving arcades, and I have I have a lot of fun arcade stories too. Right, yeah, I mean, no, I, I would love to hear those. But like, but like, but like, first I want to um, two things about that too. Is yeah. that is that is that like t- in today's society with arcades, it, it's it's more about experience and and 
it's it's more about experience and entertainment than it is about just like pure gaming, you know, as it once was. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a very different focus. I mean, I feel like the arcade business must know that everybody's going and looking at the home market for the actual games. So I guess the way that they're going to make their money is by, you know, having big, loud novelties, you know, big, flashy experiences. And um, and the other thing, and the other thing I wanted to add to that was that here in Illinois, um, and and there's one in Wisconsin too, but I'm pre- I'm pretty sure there's a lot. There, I don't think there's a lot of these, but I know there's a lot of them here. And here in Illinois, we have a uh, we actually have three of them, including that one up in Wisconsin. Um, it's a it's a retro arcade, and there's an arcade literally called the Galloping Ghost. Yes, I'm familiar with the Galloping Ghost. That place is amazing. I've never had a chance to go, but they've got something like 600 something games. The place is incredible. Yeah, it's the it's the biggest it's the biggest classic arcade ever. And the owner even told me that people come from around the world to go to this place. I can absolutely believe it. Yeah, I love the Galloping Ghost. Granted, I've never actually been there, but I just love what it represents and knowing that there's this massive collection of games out there. I think you can play almost every Midway game over there. Yeah, it's um, it's fifteen dollars. I've been there twice, and you uh, and you pay fifteen dollars, and everything's on free play. And yes, they have NBA Jam. <laughs> Absolutely, not just that, but I think they've got a, a dual NBA Jam, NBA Jam tournament edition cabinet. I believe so. Yeah, and um, no, definitely want to go someday. That place looks incredible. They they also have the the Aerosmith um, Revolution X shooter game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I you know I even learned some stories about Revolution X while working on this book. Um, you know, because all this is all connected. So yeah. no, Revolution X is another crazy game. No, uh, what you learned about Revolution X? Because that sounds crazy. Because that game sounds that that game was crazy enough as it is. What you learned about it? So my favorite story about that isn't um, isn't necessarily about the making of the game, but it's about Steven Tyler talking to George Petro, who was the designer on the game, um, one of the the main programmer. You know, he was saying, like, okay, Midway, by the way, is like, you know, they made all these great games, but the place itself wasn't actually that fancy of a place. In fact, it was kind of in a rundown area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Steven Tyler, um, you know, after they get done making Revolution X, he's just impressed. And he says to George Petro, this designer of Revolution X, he says, you know, you know, you guys are doing amazing work even in this shitty place. <laughs> <laughs> That that is George Petro's his. Uh, I spoke to him for the book, and that was one of his main memories of Steven Tyler, at least the one that he shared, which was really funny. Um, so yeah, I mean they they were making Revolution X just doors down from where they're making Mortal Kombat, and the you know the NBA Jam team was making I think WF WrestleMania at that point. WF WrestleMania is another game I played a lot. Like I played like multiple times already through through. Uh the arcade machine at like one convention and, and the galloping ghost. And that game is, that game is off the walls crazy. And revolution X is also off the walls crazy. Cause when is the, when is the last time you ever saw a video game have a band playing on stage and a tank is running, like going across the stage while the band's playing. Like you'll never yes, see that. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, just the, uh, the idea of this like world alone where like, I don't know, think music is banned and fun is banned then i think aerosmith is the only group left or something it's just crazy i just love that it's a game i love that it exists did you ever play it do you ever get a chance 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've played Revolution X several times. It's got those big mounted guns. Um, no, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I love that. I love Terminator, um, which was also made by the same people. So the same people that made Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the arcade game, also made Revolution X. Some of them also worked on War Gods. If you also know NHL Open Ice, some of those uh, the team members worked on that. NARC as well. Do you have any? Uh, do you remember when? Uh, when uh, speaking no, speaking of Revolution X, have you ever played uh, Iron Maiden's um, first person shooter that came with their came with their album? I remember hearing about that. I never played it though. No, what's it like? Well, I I never I I've seen it on YouTube. I never actually got to play it yet because it's a it's an old old computer game. But it's um it's a it's a first person shooter, and it's called Ed Hunter, and the game came with the album literally called Ed Hunter, and <laughs> I think the album part of it is just a, I believe like a live concert I think of all their songs I believe, and then the game came with it, and um and and pretty much and like I said pretty much is a first person shooter and you're just shooting a bunch of like demons and and zombies and all this crazy crap, and I guess the whole, I guess the whole premise of it is that, like, not only are you shooting all these enemies, but the backgrounds are based off, like, their past albums and all that stuff. That's super cool, man. I'm not a huge, like, I don't know too much about Iron Maiden, I only know two or three songs, but that sounds like a lot of fun. What is, what is your music? Like, what do you listen to? Man, I got a lot of stuff. Love, uh, hip-hop, especially 90s hip-hop, like, early 90s hip-hop, I love that. Been listening to lots of, like, Wu-Tang Clan lately, Notorious B.I.G., Tribe Called Quest. Also love punk music, um, all different decades of punk. Um, I mean, I've got a lot of stuff. I actually did lots of music writing. That was probably what I did way more than I did the wrestling writing was music writing for years. So I've talked to tons and tons of bands, uh, lots of famous people, some less famous people, but lots of interesting people. I got to talk to Kesha once. I'm not sure I'm like a huge fan of Kesha's music, but she was pretty cool to talk to. I mean that. I mean that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and she gave me, and when she gave me like she, I had to really negotiate for this, but she gave me like ten minutes. And when she gave me those ten minutes, she really gave me ten minutes. Like she was into it. She was super cool. So you know, Kesha is all right in my book. She was really good to me. Did have you ever have you ever considered doing like a a podcast called the Jamcast, and you just talk about nothing about Midway and NBA Jam and music and all your interests? You know, absolutely, absolutely. I spent no, no, no. Just doing it about NBA Jam and Midway in particular, and I've even thought of that exact same name. So, of course, I would love to someday make the Jamcast or Jamcast a possibility. Yeah, a reality. No, I've definitely thought about that, man. Yeah, because, because, dude, if you if you ever want to start any, if you ever want to start like the Jamcast, I can, I can, I can help you get, I can help you um source yourself to the to the right like equipment and all that stuff, you know. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I've got a full plate right now with the actual book itself and the Twitter account. But once this is all out, I would love to look at like that, maybe, uh, maybe something else. So yeah, um, we'll see what'll come of it. I've got all kinds of big ideas. I want to do a book reading tour with this. All kinds of cool things. Man, like do you, like do you have like um, uh, I don't know how to word, but do you have like connections that get to help you like get this thing on tour and get it up on the book charts? Yeah, I don't have any kinds of connections or anything like that. Like this is super ad hoc. Like this is like my budget is like five bucks basically. Like I, but um, yeah, I don't have the connections yet. But I've had a few people I've talked to about some things, um, and I definitely think that if I put myself out there, 
and I let them know about the interest that's there for this. And it's a really fun project, and I've got some really cool materials too. Like I've got tons of vintage things that people haven't seen or maybe even forgotten or things that are relating to the story of NBA Jam that I could share. So I haven't really like pursued it too much yet. I need to absolutely, you know, of course, get the actual book in people's hands before I do that. But, you know, that's hopefully coming around too. I don't know if you know this. You probably do because I think everyone knows this. But do you know that the Cyborg and Cyrax and Mortal Kombat used to be called Ketchup and Mustard? Yes, yes. And I actually just found uh, footage of it the other day. Yeah, I mean, like, that was that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, and Sindel was Muchacha. That was her name first. Um, no, I found some, like, ketchup and mustard uh, footage somewhere, and I'm going to post that on the Twitter one of these days. Yeah, because, because that, like, like because I, I knew they were, they looked like ketchup and mustard, but I didn't know they actually did it. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, you know, that was, was that's, it's amazing that they did all all kinds of stuff like that. Like that's what I really loved about Midway is like there's a lot of sense of fun. Yeah. Like they would do ridiculous things and they would do a lot of stuff just to entertain themselves. So it was a really special time. Were were, were you one of the people? Were you in 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 secret? Were you one of the people who who did who uh who did the uh the one of the characters of Mortal Kombat? <laughs> we just don't know it. Wait, what do you mean? Like where like where you're a character in Mortal Kombat, but but we just didn't know it was you. Wow, that man, if that was true, that would make my life. However, I did I will say I did once dress up as Sub Zero for Halloween. So like MK three Sub Zero with the scar on the eye. So no. Uh I don't think I'm a Mortal Kombat character, at least not yet, but man, I uh, I do love me some Mortal Kombat. Can you imagine the Mortal Kombat AMSR? <laughs> but, you know, that's wow. That's you know, I feel like you need to make this happen. You need to when Mortal Kombat 11 comes out, you need to hop on that ASMR train, and you need to deliver like, on the Mortal Kombat ASMR, like the bones breaking. You can you can make that one of the things. It's <laughs> like 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 get over here. <laughs> yeah. Oh oh. Do you hear that? Oh, that's the sound of your uh, that's your skull rattling on the ground after a fatality. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah. This is this idea is money, man. Come on. Make it happen. This is a license to print money right here. No, no, I, I, have, <laughs> I have another idea too. It's a, it's, a, it's based around anime though. I don't know if you're okay. in anime, but um, I, this is one of those fandoms that I'm like way out of my element on. Don't know much about anime. No, but there, there's an anime called My Hero Academia. Okay. And and do you know how there's macadamia nuts? Yes. I was thinking, well. Well, my hero academia, my hero macadamia, right? Planners give me my money, right? Wow. Boy. <laughs> I imagine the Venn diagram of people at Planners who know what this is and the the fans of this of this anime. I imagine this Venn diagram is like the tiniest little sliver ever. I feel like nobody would know that. But the one guy that probably got it would probably think that you're a genius and want to sign you to a contract ASAP. Yeah, that would be that'd be wild. That that would be that would be pretty crazy, yeah. But but no, I mean, I want. I also want to ask you, um, um, back on the wrestling thing, real quickly, is that um, have you heard that they're bringing back halftime heat? Are they really? Yeah, remember when? Remember when they did in '99 with The Rock in uh in Mankind in the Empty Arena? Absolutely, yeah. When they just yeah beat each other over the head with all kinds of stuff. Really, who's going to be on halftime heat this time? They're they're uh, they're doing it NX. They're they're having like these, like all these NXT guys, um, 
they're having uh, my boy Gargano, um, Champa, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and and is it uh, Alistair Black? Yeah, and Alistair Black, and uh, and and it's the basically the heels and the faces going up against each other in a ta- in a tag team match on uh, on halftime heat of the of this year's Super Bowl. <laughs> That's awesome. Where are they going to broadcast it on the WWE Network or what? Yeah, it's going to be on the network. It's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on WWE.com. Like they're going That's everywhere. Cool yeah, actually, I don't know. That sounds pretty neat. I got to check that out when it comes out. That I mean, sounds pretty good. Because, like, I, I mean, like, I mean, like, come on now. Would you want to listen to Maroon Five or do you want to watch wrestling? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, plus that lineup is pretty good. All those guys are are great. I mean, like, I, I mean, like the. The the original halftime heat in '99. I love that match. That match is one of my favorite matches ever. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was that was pretty wild. I mean, that whole era of wrestling was just something else. Like, no, like it would be funny when like if if like for some reason this podcast is going to, like there's something going on with this podcast and and I, I gotta go like like so like some of you that are listening right now may maybe think to yourselves what the hell am I listening to while well, you're listening you're listening to the cyber type you're listening you're listening to craziness you're listening to roadrunner <laughs> yeah this is man we got wrestling in here we've got your ideas in here we've got Mortal Kombat ASMR which I can't get over I mean I feel like that's the one you got to pursue. The Macadamia Nuts will be second on the list to Mortal Kombat ASMR. <laughs> yes. so, so it's like, like, like this, this is why I'm afraid to get toasty. Ah, friendship. Yeah. Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> this is, I, you're sending me down this rabbit hole. You got me thinking of Mortal Kombat ASMR over here. All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> How would I? How would I even? How would I even step my way into that? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, but you're you're there at the point that you've introduced the idea into the cultural consciousness. Now you need to execute it. Now you need to make it happen. It's the it's the it's the back part of NBA Jam, the book that had never been written. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know what this is actually? This is the uh, the extra. You you buy the special edition. And then you get uh, for you know like five extra bucks or twenty extra bucks or whatever it is, we'll get ASMR. We'll get you doing ASMR, Mortal Kombat ASMR. We, we get Scorpion cosplayers to show up to your house and they massage your back very nicely before they tell you to get over here. Yeah, wow, <laughs> this is money. AMG, NBA Jam SAMR. Yeah, NBA Jam ASMR. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> He's on fire. That was more of a wind sound effect. I don't know why I said he's on fire. <laughs> Maybe uh, I, I can't do like I can't. I don't know how you do fire. Like, um, like, yeah. like no, no. There's that. There's that one song. Um, that that that. Like whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. Did you know that uh, Tim Kisser, the NBA Jam announcer and tag team who made whoop, there it is, they've done events together. They did. Yeah, they did, uh, like, I think a Washington um, Wizards game. I think it was that or something like that. It was pretty crazy that they were both on something together. I mean, I mean, like, does, um, the, I don't know why they didn't put, did they actually put this on NBA Jam or was the song not out yet? 
No, no, no. Coincidentally, it came out around at the same time. But also, that song has the phrase boom shakalaka in it. Like, go back and listen to boom. There it is. It's got boom shakalaka in it. And it came out at the same time as NBA Jam, which also has boom shakalaka. And both these guys, or rather both these entities, Tag Team and Tim Kitzrow, they were at this Washington Wizards game together for Nostalgia Night. Yeah. So, so like, do, pretty do, wild. do you like uh, Space Jam then? Yeah. Well, do, 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 are you asking, do I like Space Jam? Yeah, do you like Space Jam? Yeah, Space Jam's pretty cool. I used to love Space Jam as a kid. This hysteria for Space Jam is really interesting that people love Space Jam so much all these years later. When as a kid, I thought, you know, it's pretty cool, but I'm like, you know, they'll move on to something else. But Space Jam is definitely here to stay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, that was just one of those basketball movies I just got so over, like, so crazy. Because, you know, basketball was so popular back in the 90s. Today, not so much as back then. Oh, yeah. But, the, you know, see, here, here's why I'm not sure I disagree necessarily. But I would say that they're making the Space Jam 2. And I think that's going to have a huge following when that comes out next year or year after that. Speaking of sequels, do you also hear about uh, Ghostbusters 3? They're making an actual third Ghostbusters? Yeah, I love me some Ghostbusters. I grew up loving Ghostbusters when my my mom was uh, pregnant with my little brother. She was like, oh, give me some names. And then I... One of my names was Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. And the other name was Egon from uh, Egon Spengler from the Ghostbusters. So I love me some Ghostbusters. I did hear about Ghostbusters 3. I'm waiting to see more in terms of uh, before I get too excited about it. What did you uh, What did you think about the one that they made in 2016 with the ladies? I think that was uh, – I mean, they're definitely good intentions. I think there was like a lot – I remember there being a lot of uh, things that weren't totally right for the Ghostbusters. Like Ghostbusters isn't to me like a really improv movie. Ghostbusters is more scripted and really funny mm-hmm. and like very witty and like, you know, sharp and like bam, 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 bam. Whereas I remember that movie like having lots of um, – Lots of improv where I could tell it was improv where I was like, I'm not sure this is like Ghostbusters necessarily. It's like a different movie. Um, some of the visual effects were crazy good. Yeah, because because um, I own I own all three of them on DVD, and of course I'm gonna go see the third one when that comes out. It's supposed to come out summer of 2020. So yeah, man, what do you think of the 2016 one? I thought a lot of people didn't like it. But I, but I, uh, I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty funny, personally. Yeah. Did you feel like it feel felt like a Ghostbusters movie? This is, a, I think, an important thing. Did it feel like a Ghostbusters movie to you? It, I, I think, I think it was a, an innovation to it. I mean, like, because, the way, because here's my thing with it is that Ghostbusters has always invaded itself. If it was the movies or the cartoons, because. Because the movies obviously are what they are, and it's classic Ghostbusters, and that was amazing on its own. Um, the the movies, um, the 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 cartoons, I think even advanced the the technology and the theory and everything about it even more. Because, like, like for instance, my favorite my favorite cartoon spinoff probably the Extreme Ghostbusters. Um, oh boy, yeah, with Edward Eduardo. Wasn't there somebody named Edward on there? I think so. I think so. Yeah, Kylie. I think her name was also. Yeah, she she's a, she's a badass character. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't remember too much from that show. I remember those two. But do you, but um no, real quickly before I continue, do you notice that the wheelchair guy looks a lot like Hunk from Voltron? Uh, I don't really know Voltron too well. I also don't remember the wheelchair guy, but I'll I'll look it up sometime. Yeah, just put just look up Hunk from Voltron Legendary Defender and then look up uh, the I don't know the guy's name from Extreme Ghostbusters in the wheelchair, but look him up, look those two up, put the pictures together, and you'll see that they look exactly alike. <laughs> it's... All right, I'm doing this research right now. I'm gonna try to find this guy from Extreme Ghostbusters. Let's let's see what his name is. But um, but to continue though, my to my point, um, I mean the 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 2016 ladies version. I just feel like it's just a, another improvement to the series that we'll probably won't see again. But but it's a it's an improvement that that's uh that's really that's really really good to the series. I believe. Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, it's really interesting seeing how Ghostbusters has evolved. I kept thinking that they would do more, like, more stuff in the late 90s with Ghostbusters in terms of the original cast, because that's when they're, you know, they're still young-ish. Um, but, I don't know, it's it's weird, because, like, with Star Wars, you can do a gazillion different franchises and spinoffs and things. Ghostbusters is, it's much more different. Yeah, I mean, like, with, um, I mean, I mean, like, the... Which we call it, and also the comic books, which I also forgot. There's the cartoon, the movies, and the comic books. And the comic books are really good too, if you haven't checked those out. But do you know who worked on the original uh, real Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters comics? Do you know who worked on those? Who? John Tobias, the co-creator of Mortal Kombat. That's actually where he got his start. Really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I've got some uh, original art that he did that I'm going to throw up on uh, on the account one of these days. I didn't. I um, actually didn't know that. No, it's crazy. Yeah, that's so. When Midway hired him, Mark Trammell, who created Smash TV and then went on to make NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, yeah. a bunch of other games, he said like, "Oh, this comic artist is pretty good." Um, and it was John Tobias, and yeah, he was working on real Ghostbusters at the time. What um, I, I forgot. I guess I forgot the answer. If I already asked, I'm sorry. I'm asking again. But what got you into all this? I mean, like, was it was it like a thing where it's like you touch the machine? It's like this is my life. Wait, uh, what thing in particular are you thinking of? Like, like Midway and NBA Jam and all, and like in all of this, like, like mainly the arcade stuff. The the cartoon stuff just comes naturally because it's part of your childhood. But like, but like also the arcade stuff is too. But like, what got you like really like focused on like Midway and NBA Jam? Was it like a thing where it's like you found like like they're just part of your childhood, but you like you you in particular like them so much that you wanted to like dig deep in the Midway and be like, this is my life. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, man. Well, I would say for me personally, when it comes to arcades, um, you know, I, when I was growing up, those were the, the best games. Like, you know, you get the best version of Mortal Kombat there, the best version of Street Fighter, the best version of Tekken, the best whatever, you know, the best version of NBA Jam. And, um, you know, I, I was always really just attracted to, like, them having their own art. Every arcade cabinet is in its own experience. You know what I mean? Like, as if yeah. you put a game in your console, you're always playing on the same controller on the same television. But when you're playing an arcade game, different controls, different cabinet, different theme, different colors, different creators, you know, just a totally different experience. And with Midway, I love Mortal Kombat. I loved NBA Jam. So I was going to love Midway no matter what. Um, And then when I got to hear about the personalities that, you know, people are putting themselves in the games, like, you know, Dan Toasty Forden, you know, Toasty. Mm-hmm. Like him being in the game, like that's so cool. Like he's just the you know he's the sound guy on Mortal Kombat, 
And just knowing that these people put themselves in the game and made themselves secret characters was just something special to me. And uh, uh, no, I used to actually work on a Mortal Kombat fan site when I was a little kid too. Well, actually, I wasn't uh, like a little kid. I was probably like 11, 12. But that was my first writing gig. The first interview I ever did was on a Mortal Kombat fan site. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, the, the fan site's long gone, but um, there was a spinoff game from the Midway uh, Mortal Kombat team called The Grid. And on their links page, they actually linked over to our Mortal Kombat website. Um, so it was uh, it was very cool. I've always loved Mortal Kombat, always loved Midway. Do you think, do you think if you put the website link in the Wayback Machine, we'll find it? Unfortunately not. I've tried it so many times, and it's gone. But you can at least see the logo of it, and I could... Um, yeah, you can see the logo and proof that it exists, but the actual website is unfortunately lost to time. I think it was on like go.com or um, yeah, it's like it was on a few different things. And it's unfortunately, I think it's long gone, but I probably still have pictures of different things I posted buried on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah, because that because like for for me, I mean, like I have, I mean, I have, of course, arcade stories myself. I mean, like uh, I mean, like I. Like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, like one of those kids that was, like, straight out of the womb into the arcade. But just, even though that would have been crazy. But. That, that would have been pretty weird, especially if you went there and then you entered your initials on that NBA Jam machine. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I mean... I feel like the arcades, they just have a magic. You know, it's something special. It's um, uh-huh. you Also, here's another thing. You have to go to an arcade to play a game. You can't just be like, okay, unless you, you know, you're you able, you're lucky enough to have one in your place. Yeah. Like, you have to go out there. You have to make a trip for it. Like, everything is convenient. Everything is like, oh, it's right here. You want to go, you know, watch the movie on your phone? Give it, like, five minutes. You know, you can do it or whatever. But if you want to play, you know, Mortal Kombat 2, you got to go out to the arcade. You got to go and do the real thing. So, so like, so like, do you actually own like? I mean, besides the Street Fighter cab, the arcade one up Street Fighter cab. Do you have anything else? I do. I do. I have one game, which is actually the game I just referenced a few minutes ago that Midway made called The Grid. So I have an actual Midway game sitting in my garage right now. It's beautiful. Um, I think I see, isn't The Grid that really big green and blue cabinet? It's green. Yeah. It's I. It's it's. A big green cabinet. It was a, uh, a shooter game, like a third-person shooter, not a first-person shooter. But it was really good. If you ever played War Final Assault by Atari, it's kind of like that. But you got to look it up. And plus, you can play a Scorpion in there, Sub Zero, Noob Saibot. It's it's an awesome game. I mean, like, I I mean, like, what's your? Uh, I know this is going to be hard for you, but favorite Mortal Kombat game. Ooh, Mortal Kombat 3. That's not too hard at all. I love Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat slash Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, I mean, that's where I really cut my teeth in the series, and I really like the vibe. It's kind of like like a cyberpunk thing going on, like with the Terminator 2 grungy, futuristic thing. I love that vibe. Um, man, I mean, I love all Mortal Kombats, but Mortal Kombat 3 is like the game for me. And of course, Mortal Kombat 4, I have lots of fond memories for too, and I mean, I've got fun memories from all of them now that I think about it, but uh, Mortal Kombat 3 would be my first choice. What about you? Um, it, I, I, uh, I haven't played Mortal Kombat. I, I got I to gotta say, I haven't played Mortal Kombat myself in, God, it's been so long. Um, but 
I really I liked the first Mortal Kombat. That one was really good. But I I grew up on Mortal Kombat two. I think I think I played yeah. that one a lot as a child. Yeah, the second one. And um, what's what's that? Who's your character? Raiden. Raiden's my boy. <laughs> oh, Raiden's fantastic. Raiden also in NBA Jam. He. Oh yeah, I, I heard about that. I feel. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've posted a couple of uh, tweets about it before too. But it's so cool. Excuse me, seeing him in the game, he looks great. What's um, what um, what team is he on? Is he just like like how do you get to these characters like Raiden and all that in, the, in NBA Jam and all these games by Midway? So you go to the enter your initial screen and then you enter the combinations. So the same spot where you entered your info, you enter. I forget what the combination is for Raiden. It's I think it's A R R A I something. Yeah, and then you enter whatever the the date is, and then Raiden in particular you unlock. You don't unlock him as part of a team; just him by himself. And he just joins the team you pick. Yes, yeah, it's amazing. It's super cool, man. Like, did they did they do like did they like do all their moral elder moral combat moves? They do not, unfortunately, but they do have the Mortal Kombat announcer with their name. So you know, you hear Raiden in the in that classic Mortal Kombat voice. Did you uh? You probably know. I you probably know about this because it's highly it's highly put out there. But um, do you, you remember the game Batman Forever for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't that game? Is that game basically Mortal Kombat, but except it's a side scrolling beat 'em up? It is hundred percent Mortal Kombat. It is a straight up Mortal Kombat knockoff. Man, I got to tell you, when I got that game, I was so excited. I loved Batman Forever. Um, and I was thinking this is going to be a great game, and then I played it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is just a really... Like, they clearly hadn't put that much effort into the actual design portion of it. It was all marketing. Um, I lo- I mean, I really wanted that game to be great. Yeah, it's like, like gee, Batman are more like Scorpion, but except he, except he, except he can move and he can beat up guys that run in front of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see that I posted a picture of um, the actual suits they used in the Batman Forever game? Um, I, I, I think I sent you so. that too. So, you know, they would have those different uh, sprites of those different characters. Well, like the Riddler goon, I found the actual um, costume they used for him for that Batman Forever game. That's pretty That's pretty cool. Where, where do, do you... Can you say where you get your sources, but... I don't want you if you don't have to throw it out there if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, no, no sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I go all kinds of sources. I um, so a lot of the stuff I've uh, found by um, you know, a lot of the NBA Jam stuff is just stuff I've accumulated over the years researching the game. But some of my weirder stuff, I mean, I go to um, uh, web.archive.org. I go into a lot of deep dives over there. There's so much amazing stuff that's just right underneath people's noses. Like you know that Nintendo Counselor video that I posted. That's like. Right now, there are like 4,000 retweets or something ridiculous. Or no, 4,000 likes. Yeah. Just something absurd. And that video, the original episode it was part of, only had something like 666 or 663 views. Um, and like there's amazing stuff over there. I have uh, I go – I use the Wayback Machine a lot. Um, all kinds of weird Google searches. YouTube, I get a ton of stuff off of YouTube. Um I use a lot of different sources, but there's all kinds of stuff out there. But people, you know, you just have to know where to look and you have to have the motivation to keep looking until you find something good. Yeah, because, um, because, because I, because I was thinking like, 
when I first went to your Twitter, I was like, where did you get all this stuff? I mean, like, 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 there's all this weird, all this weird Mortal Kombat stuff. There's wrestlers and Mortal Kombat. There's this, there's that. It's just like, I was like, man, it's like, I don't even understand half of this, but like, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you're digging it, man. Yeah. I've got all kinds of weird sources. I mean, this is the journalist side of me is I'm really good at finding information and tracking down people. For the NBA Jam book, I did 68 interviews, 68. So I'm very good at getting a hold of people and so, finding things. Wait, only just 68? You're, you're missing a number. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is this? Come on. Clap of the joint. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm 68. No, 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 no. I feel you. I was thinking like, oh, let me get another number. And then I'm like, I have to tell everybody I did 69 interviews. Let's go with 68. Let's just keep it at 68. So, Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm, um, but let's see. So yeah, no, no, no. I, like I got Shaq for the book. I got DJ Jazzy Jeff for the book. George Clinton for the book from Parliament Funkadelic. And I mean, all this stuff is basically journalism in terms of tracking down people, finding information, doing research. So it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And I've got some cool stuff coming up on the Twitter feed tonight. I'm going to have probably a few like posters like, whoa, that, that was pretty cool. I mean, like, are you, like, are you very precise about what you'd upload or is it just like a habit so i'll upload it i've no i've i've got like a massive archive i've got like i only post like a tiny tiny portion i've got like the why that one document that's something like 100 pages and all kinds of weird things about all kinds of different games on there that i've saved so i space it out i do some stuff based on dates um i've got some really cool nintendo things i recently unearthed that are like old uh, reviews of Sega games and Nintendo games when they came out. So um, I've got some uh, like late 90s stuff too. But I mean, I've got a big document with all kinds of weird stuff in it. Of course, the heavy emphasis on NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat, but I've got all kinds of games. What do you think about gaming today? Which aspect? You got to be uh, got to be more specific. Oh, sorry. I mean, like, what do you think of? Sure, it's fine. But what are you thinking of? Like, um, you know. PS4, Xbox One, modern day arcade gaming. I mean, like, you, I already told you my thoughts on that, but, like, what's your what's your thoughts on, like, the modern day arcade gaming and the modern day home gaming? I mean, I think it's, the technology is just incredible. And, I mean, it's, you know, I grew up on Nintendo, then Sega Genesis, then Sony PlayStation. I mean, obviously everything nowadays blows that out of the water, but... Um, I mean, personally, my love is always for, like, retro games and games, like, probably stopping around, like, 2000, 2004, 5. Um, so I'm not too up-to-date on current games, but I'm definitely going to get a PS4 for uh, Mortal Kombat 11 when that comes out. Um, I mean, I yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's a, it's a different world than how it used to be. I mean, the, the arcades used to be everything. And now the arcades are where you go for, like, oh, Dave and Buster's. Oh, let's go to a barcade. It's not like this is where everybody goes to play games. So um, it's it's a different world. I mean, there's still some fantastic games out there, but I'm way out of the loop just because um, I'm I'm pulled in a bunch of different directions. Yeah, because um, unless there's a, I feel like round one, ever since they started becoming a thing, they became like the place to go for for like you know like that's where you take all your boys and that's where you uh, that's where you like have like you know like a great time by playing arcade games you bowl you can bowl you can play pool you can do karaoke you can you have the whole nine yards you can do a lot of stuff there you can play darts you know whatever ping pong yeah 
And I mean, the thing is also with a lot of these arcades nowadays is that drinking is a big part of it too. Yeah. Like you see, oh, barcade this, barcade that. And of course, in the 80s and in the 90s, it was less, there was like no drinking at all. It was all about the games and even like maybe you could only get like a snack or two. So it's a totally different world. I I love, I love, uh, I love arcade. I love old, that's why I like going to like the Galloping Ghost when I had there, or the one I go to a lot, the, the, the underground retrocade, which is closer to my house, which is the same thing as Galloping Ghost, but except it's, it's it's not wide. It's long and it has two floors and it has a bunch of old school gaming there and I love that place. Yeah, that's um, so cool. I uh, are you a Tekken fan too? Mildly, I really enjoy Tekken three, but I'm super ultra casual. Like definitely, my love of like Mortal Kombat, like especially the old games, my knowledge is pretty good. But Tekken is very casual. I admire it, but um, very casual. What about you? I I. Tekken is kind of like okay. If you're gonna say Mortal Kombat or Tekken, I'd probably say Tekken because because um. Did you just say Tekken over Mortal Kombat? I have to disconnect this interview. I'm sorry, I have to go. Uh, there's a uh, I've I've got something going on. I mean, we're gonna have to end it right here, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, no. I mean, like, yes, I like Mortal Kombat, but not as much as Tekken because. Let, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, I'm, I'm currently disconnecting everything. I'm changing my uh, my name on here, my username, so that you can't contact me. <laughs> no, no, hear, no, hear me out before. Okay, okay, okay. All right. One last thing. Famous last words. All right, cough it up. I like Mortal I like... I mean, I mean, come on. Tekken's got to be better than Mortal Kombat 4. For the N64, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> okay, now you're bad-mathing Mortal Kombat 4. I need your home address. I'm going to find you. I'm going to send somebody after you. It's not going to be pretty. How are you going to talk bad about Mortal Kombat 4? <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. It's all good. No, 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 no. Different strokes, different folks and all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, but, no, the reason why I like Tekken is because Tekken is, you know, free, an all-around great 3d fighter and and it's um it's just a really good game they, they really had a lot of good points on that game yeah um and, no 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 i mean taking this fantastic don't get me wrong uh just my heart's always with uh with stuff like mortal kombat but no tekken's amazing what what is your thoughts on mortal kombat for the their first attempt at 3d Man, I gotta say, I went nuts for that game back in 1997. I went crazy. I love Mortal Kombat 4. I mean, I thought that the aesthetic was very cool, um, and I liked a lot of the character designs. A lot of the new ones were kind of generic. Not generic, but they were like nothing like, oh, wow, this is going to stand out. But um, I don't think it holds up like the old ones do, like 1, 2, 3. But I love Mortal Kombat 4. Um, did you ever see Rollerball? Or ever hear Rollerball, the movie with Chris Klein and L. Cool J and Rebecca Romaine Stamos? I, um, I, I, don't, I don't believe I did. If okay. I, and if I did, it's been a while. It's terrible. Well, I remember it being terrible. But I distinctly remember being a kid. Uh, so by a kid, I mean like I was, let's say I'm like 14 or something, 13, 14. And uh, this movie comes out and my mom drops me off at the theater. And this movie is so bad that I walked out of the movie for the first time in my life and I just went and I played Mortal Kombat 4 in the arcade until my mom picked me up. So Mortal Kombat 4 has, has entertained me many, many times. Wait, 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 you, 
Wait, Mortal Kombat 4 had a machine? Yeah, yeah, of course. The Mortal Kombat 4 machine is was the best version. What? Are you telling me you've never seen Mortal Kombat 4 in an arcade format? It's beautiful. No, I thought, no, I thought it was pretty N64 and it was that no? Yeah, they made a port. They ported that they ported it everywhere. They ported it to N64, PlayStation, but no, it's originally an arcade game, just like 1, 2, and 3. So like how did you did you had did that day did was it ran, was it on quarters or was it on tokens back then? <laughs> Yeah, so this was uh, the version I played was on tokens. So this is when I was visiting my mom in the states. Now I live in the states, of course, but uh, this is back. Yeah, I was visiting my mom in the states, like ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that, when the movie came out. So this was all on tokens. So like, did you just have enough money to just go to get all these tokens just to play it for as long as you did? I had like a little bit of extra money in my pocket or in my wallet that I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna put this towards Mortal Kombat Four right now, and I had a great time. I love me some Mortal Kombat Four. Where, where, um, and how old were you at the time when you played it? When I played Mortal Kombat Four, yeah, in '99, yeah, I would have been like, let's say, thirteen. Yeah, because I was, was going to say, well, like, I was going to say, if you were little, I'd be like, how were you tall enough to reach the buttons? <laughs> not that little. No, 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 definitely not that little. But no, I mean, like it. I mean, like I, I, I just haven't played Mortal Kombat in a while. I used to have for the Genesis, the first one, but. I don't have it anymore, but I used to have it. Um, but like, but like, uh, I one arcade game that I do own it, that you probably know of, but I have Cruising USA for the for the N sixty four. Cruising USA is a great game. That's another game that was made by Midway, all the same place at the same time. Um, yeah, Cruising USA was uh, from the same era and uh, definitely part of that Midway culture. What's your what's your favorite cruising? Cruising USA, Cruising World, Cruising Exotica, or Cruising Blast? I have not played them in detail, but I love uh, Cruising Exotica's art style. I'd say that one is like from like I love Cruising Exotica's look and everything like that. So I mean, if I had to pick a favorite, I'd go with Exotica. What about you? I Cruising USA is a classic because that's the first one, and that one was really good. I haven't played Cruising World in forever. Cruising Exotica. Uh, used to scare me as a child. Um, really? Why is that? Because of just like, because remember back in like the nineties when, when you were to thirteen, I was probably like five. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and like, and like the the arcades were like they had the volume up on every single game up to like the highest it could ever be, <laughs> and like and like it was just like crazy loud. Well. The Cruise and Zaka machine always used to scare me because the music always used to blast out all the time, and like the 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 way the game it was so it was something about how the game looked and how it went and all the stuff that used to just freak me the frick out. So when I was lit, when I was younger, I was like I didn't want to step near the machine, I didn't want to be near it. Just like it was a weird thing. Wow, I can see that though. Yeah, when you're a kid, of course, you're like whoa, what's that? Yeah, I mean, like the some of the I think some of the artwork scared the scared me. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I can. Uh, no, and plus, when you're a kid, irrational things like that happen. You know, you're like, oh boy, this is the you know this is terrifying. What's going on over something like that? The uh, the the new I played Cruisin' Blast, which is the latest installment in Cruisin', and I think it was made just last year. I think, and it's it's a uh, it's. It's a uh, how do I explain it? It's just a a crazy racing game, you know. 
just like a lot of things happening on screen while you're racing and all that stuff. Yeah, I was so excited to see that that it was made by Raw Thrills, which is Eugene Jarvis's company. So the same person that made Cruisin' USA, made Cruisin' World, made Cruisin' Exotica, and made Cruisin' uh, Blast all these years later. So that's the that's the, some DNA of Midway right there. Yeah, Raw, yeah, Raw Thrills also made uh, the Guitar Hero arcade game. <laughs> they made all of them, yeah. Raw Thrills are like the number one maker of arcade games. And the, uh, actually, George Petro, who I told you from, about from that uh, Aerosmith story, mm-hmm. um, he's, yeah, he works with Raw Thrills. He made Big Buck Hunter. And um, Raw Thrills has made a ton of them. Like, if you ever see any kind of licensed arcade game nowadays, it's almost certainly going to be Raw Thrills, like nine times out of ten. I mean, Raw Thrills also made a Halo first-person shooter. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably they're like, oh, Halo, like, this will probably make some money. So, probably did make money. But that said, though, I don't, yeah. I don't know too much about that game in particular. But they made a whole bunch of great games. Like, they had a a Batman game. Did you play that one? The uh, one where you race in the Batmobile? I've seen it, never played it. You should absolutely give it a whirl. They've got every Batmobile, and I'm a big Batman nerd, so that's that's a lot of fun. I mean, there's also a Time Crisis 5 now. Yeah, man. Time Crisis is still kicking. I love it. Um, so, like, um, man, how long? We, I got I to gotta keep counting here. We've been, doing, we've been doing this for an hour. <laughs> yeah, man, we've been at it for a minute. Yeah. Uh, would you want to go for, let's say, about 15 minutes more? Fifteen minutes more. Fifteen minutes, or we can we can go up to a fifteen minutes to a half hour. How's that sound? Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to rush to end it. It's just like it's just like I don't want I don't want to bore. I, you're, I'm. I, it's just like it's just like I don't want to like be taking up time that you may be having. You know. Yeah. Well, the thing is also, of course, that you know we. Um, no. How about how about let's. Uh, would you want to change up the format? And maybe do like a lightning round thing about different things that you wanted to. Talk about it, or do you still just want to um, – we can always chat, of course, but, yeah. I'm down for about 15 minutes to another half hour if you want to do it. Yeah, I mean, like, is, is there anything you want to ask me? Um, yeah, let's talk about your your love for arcade games. Um, what's your favorite arcade game? My favorite arcade game. God. Oh, man, that's – okay. Um... Mountain Rushmore of arcade games. What's that? Oh, but Rushmore, Rushmore. Yeah, now Mount Rushmore of arcade games. Okay, so Neo Geo is going up there. All okay. of it. Just all of it. Oh, that's that's pretty good. I think that's a little cheating, but I'll take it. I'll accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some great Neo Geo games. Um, Metal Slug is fantastic. I see that, yeah. You, you might like Metal Slug a bit. Yeah, I mean, I have the Neo Geo Mini. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that doesn't show how much I love it. I mean... <laughs> I was actually thinking of your handle. Your handle has uh, involves Metal Slug, but um, that's yeah. like that's some behind the scenes. I was like, oh, Metal Slug fan, eh? Yeah, well, I mean, I do like. I mean, it's in my username, but I also love it too. <laughs> so I mean, like, I, I figured, yeah, man, yeah, no, okay, all right. So you got Neo Geo. What what else? Um, this is gonna be an odd one, but Golden Tea. Not at all. I actually played Golden Tee for the first time last week. Same day I posted that photo of Bill Clinton and Al Gore in NBA Jam. I played Golden Tee for the first time, and I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Which uh, um, which one do you terrible. like? What's that? Which one is your favorite? Um, I I don't know much about the differences between the Golden Tees. Um, if I go back there, I'll let you know. Uh, I could try to figure it out what it was. I don't know what it was offhand, but I, it was a lot of fun. 
I mean, when you really think about it, there isn't really a difference besides the year. Yeah. Have you seen the version of Golden Tee where you can hit the dead body? What? <laughs> that is this? Yeah. No, there's uh, some Easter eggs in Golden Tee. I forget which versions. But you can hit a Sasquatch. You can hit a... Uh, yeah. There's somebody who's, like, taking a leak on a tree. Some dude is taking a leak on a tree, and you can, like, swing at him. And then there's also, um, yeah, a dead body somewhere over there, too, which is really funny. I mean, I mean, like, but you got to think of it this way, though. I mean, like, Jake Paul got himself in so much trouble for that for that same exact situation in real life that, like, how when Goins, he did it for the first time, the company didn't get in trouble. <laughs> I... I I think I see. I think it's well. First off, Golden Tee is like. I don't think it's got the same level as influence as Jake, Jake Paul, of course. Plus, when you've got like the the video element of it is different. Plus, I don't think a lot of people even knew about this thing exists in the first place. It was, it's pretty silly. <coughs> excuse me. You can. Um, excuse me. Yeah, you can. Um, there's something about like seeing that the the version of golden tea that where you're like and eh, this isn't so serious you can't t- take it as seriously yeah my my favorite golden tea the one i played it was 98 golden tea 98 is a good get it's a good game but um what's that oh no 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 keep going yeah the, the other ones right. are the, the other i haven't played like i haven't played 99 or two fat or 2000 also known as golden tea 2k but um but I haven't I haven't played any of those. I even I haven't even played the ones that came out in like the years after. So like I think there's like I think that game's so popular that they're still making them, but I just haven't played them because like you know I I don't they're they're not you don't usually find those going to games in regular arcades. You find them in like shady places. Yeah, you find them in a lot of bars. Um but no, I played it for the first time and I really enjoyed it. So, all right, Neo Geo, Golden Tea. What else? Um, let's see, Tekken probably. Now, one, two, three, four. What are you thinking? The third one because because I have the second one on PlayStation, and I played the third one for the very first time on uh in at the at the Retrocade. So, so. That one I really liked. There's also a tag tournament, too. Like, there's a tag tournament one. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know what I've got? I think um, I've got an article about uh, taking tag tournament from GamePro. I was about to throw that up here tonight on the Twitter. You should, and tag me in and be like, hey, this guy likes Tekken. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, yes. Well, let me find it first. I think I've got it here somewhere. I love Tekken Tag Tournament. That's a great game. Yeah, then you can put, like, make sure to buy his macadamias. And it's Mortal Kombat S-A-M-R. <laughs> yeah. This is, all right. This Man, you know, you keep teasing with this ASMR. You better, uh, you better start working on this tomorrow morning. I'm expecting, I'm expecting big things. What, what this, what this, what this crappy Chicago water that's about to come in? Yeah! Hey, you know what? You need something to do? Make some Mortal Kombat ASMR. Yeah, I should I should uh, get some buddies that dress up as the characters and just like and they're just like this is Scorpion and I'm here to tell you today to get over here. <laughs> uh why well, I am into it. I'm all about it. Hey, do you wanna join me on this? 
Uh, I I guess so. Um, you be Johnny Cage. <laughs> I'm Johnny Cage now. What are, does he have a tagline? I'm sure he does. Um, uh, whatever the nut punch sound is, I'll just make that over and over. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. You're not going to escape this Mount Rushmore question. No, we no, had no, I'm not. Golden T, Tekken 3, who's number four? Uh, number four. Number four. Oh, God. Um, God. Uh, this is hard. Um, probably track and field. Really? What a choice. That one I was not expecting. All those other ones are like, okay, I can see that. Track and field. Why track and field? Because there's no there's no other feeling as hitting, the, hitting your hands left and right, left and right, left and right. Boom! Hit that button. And... You didn't. You didn't make the jump. Or, you know. That... Yeah. Man, that's a, that's actually a really good good pick. I mean, that's a that's a deep cut. I appreciate that. I admire you picking track and field. I mean, like I I'm a like I love like you know old school arcade gaming. I mean, like seventies, eighties, nineties, the early two thousands before they started like innovating. You know, that stuff was the jam, and no pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It was a really special time, man. I, I really do miss those old arcades. So, I, you know, I think there's there's a chance that it can be revived. Like, you know, I think that if you have a game in that format where you've got a draw, you got a reason for people to come out. Um, and if you've got like somebody with a big vision, I think we can see arcades making a comeback someday. There's actually a big old, uh, a big empty storefronts in the shopping center of where I work. And I was thinking, that is so good for opening an old school arcade right there, right there. Once, once you make that Mortal Kombat ASMR, you turn those profits into that arcade. And when you do, you, uh, yeah, you, you, you send me uh, a few tokens or something because this is ASMR. This is gonna lead to that arcade. You wait and see. <laughs> I mean, like. Maybe I should make it a recurring segment on this sh- on this show, and you can join me on with it, and and, and we can uh, <laughs> we can like freaking we can freaking do we can make Mortal Kombat fans feel fine after it. We can we can make the most violent video game the most calming video game in the world. <laughs> this is this is all brilliant right here. I love I love this. Uh... This energy. This is some good energy right here. I, I can make up a lot of ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, no, no. So, no, arcades are something special, man. It's uh, And it's so cool to, to be able to spend more time in them and have a reason to, like, look them up and uh, learn more about them. I mean, like, I mean, like, if you ever come to Chicago, I mean, check out, yeah, go to the Galvin Ghost 100%. Go to the underground retrocade. That place, one hundred percent. Go to the gar to the garcade. I think that's what it's called. I forget what it's called. Um, the garage or gar cave, whatever it's called, in Lower Wisconsin. That's an art. I haven't been there, but that place looks awesome. Okay. Um, the Star Worlds arcade. I, I mean, it's cool for what it is, but it's really, really, really tiny. I'm not even exaggerating about how tiny it is. Yeah, um, damn. There's a lot of them over there. Yeah, there's three. 
but there's one called Planet Fun, and it has old school arcade games in it. I'm not even kidding, and a mini golf place, but I, but I don't know if it's centered for kids or if it's centered for everyone. I mean, like mini golf and, ar- and old school arcade gaming is for everyone, but like, it, but they also have like bouncy houses and all that stuff. So I don't know if the place is centered for everyone or for kids. So, well, now you got to investigate. Yeah, now now I got to head over there and check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... And then Prince's Arcade 2, which is another one I just figured out about like a few weeks ago. <laughs> is that a new one? I think so, because I never heard of it until a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I just I saw something about it on Twitter. It looks really good. Yeah, I mean, like, if you if you follow me, which I think you do. I do. <laughs> you, you, you probably see all my, uh, all my wrestling, old school stuff as you will that I post on Twitter and you just know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like this is I think this interview went really amazing. Well, I I I am so grateful for uh, for you having me on, man. It's been a it's been a blast. It really was. I mean, we had a few technical errors, but I could I'm by the time that people are listening to this, I have edited them out, and it and this interview sounds amazing because of my great editing. <laughs> that is incredible. That that is the power of post. So I'm glad you're you're uh, you're using that for for good. Oh gosh. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening to episode thirty five. Right, thirty five. It's thirty five. Yep, I I remember it's thirty five. Yeah, episode thirty five of Cyber Time Bite. You can find me. On Facebook at CyberTimeBite. You can find me on Twitter at NostalgiaVamp. You can get my merchandise at RedBubble.com under Crash Steven Gear and, and get my new t shirt. It has a spork on it because sporks are all amazing. You remember Swin Scorpion told you to get over here? Well, he didn't have a spork, so what makes him so great if he doesn't have a spork? <laughs> Sporkian, come on. You got to make Sporkian happen. <laughs> Sporkian, with your. With your S-M-A-R, Mortal Kombat. It just works. It's a match made in heaven. It, it is right there. It's right there. Get the NBA Jam book. Get the, the Sporkian. Gosh, like, this is just so... All the synergy. I love it. Um, so, now tell me where they can find you. Yeah. So, uh, twitter.com slash NBA Jam book. That is my uh, account where I'm posting all kinds of cool stuff. Right now, tonight, after we get off this call, I'm going to get something to eat. And I'm going to probably post about five cool old posts just to give you a teaser. I'm going to do Tekken Tag Tournament tonight. I'm going to do um, uh, something from NBA Showtime. I'm going to do at least one or two Mortal Kombat posts. And I think I've got something uh, over here about Quake 2 by Midway. Um, but, yeah, Twitter.com slash NBA Jam Book if you're into old stuff like what we've been talking about. And then tinyurl.com slash NBA Jam Book if you actually want to see a synopsis of what the book is actually about. And if you want to pre-order it, it's uh, pretty cool. And it is actually very much coming. It's uh, been a long time in the works. Um, I've been uh, keeping my mouth shut until the right time, but it is very much happening. Well, 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 hey, man, you're, you're the boy, and we should keep in touch. <laughs> no, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, for again, for having me on. Um, yeah, shout out to, uh, to 
to you for, for doing this, for bringing me on to Cyber Time Bite. And shout out to you for introducing this Mortal Kombat ASMR, which I can't get out of my head. <laughs> well, let me yeah. tell you, it's going to hit your Twitter at some point, and you're going to be like, gosh darn it, this guy's amazing with this idea. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, as far as what I'd like to leave you with, I'd like to leave you with some NBA Jam ASMR with Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, do you know how would right. you... No, do you Sorry. know... No, no, no! Like, like this is like, this is this is the basketball. This is the basketball hitting the frame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I love it! I, you know what? I've done I've done a handful of podcasts before, and I've done lots of interviews over the years. But in all my time doing anything and talking with anybody, Mortal Kombat ASMR has never come up. You know, ASMR never comes up, but especially not Mortal Kombat ASMR. So thank you, Steven, for this gift. <laughs> no problem. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 a little late, but you know what? I'll take it. I'll keep it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, the, the one last question. Is this the best podcast you've ever been on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, I am pleading the fifth on that one. That is how you get uninvited from other podcasts that said though i've had a really great time and um yeah man no it's uh, it's, uh thanks again for having me on and uh um no and i'm i really enjoyed some of the paths that we went down it was a lot of fun to reminisce yeah so thank gosh darn thank you everyone for tuning in and you all have a great one all right yeah thank you guys for listening <laughs>